The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The Heat sent home the Knicks tonight. Hell to the no. We ain't going out like that at home. Not in the Mecca. Absolutely not. Not at Madison Square Garden. Oh, ain't no quit in New York. Ashley, no, Ashley, no, Ashley. no. We're too greedy for that. <laughs> we got too much pride for that. We got too much pride for that. Absolutely not. You did what I've been doing with the Suns in this whole depth thing. Nah. You know that the Heat, they're the better team. You know they're the better team. Mm-mm. You know that they have the better coach. You just talked about Spolstra. Mm-mm. The Heat send the Knicks home They're tonight. not sending Facts. us home at the Mecca. Absolutely not. They have Our the, house. They have not the in front of Patrick Ewing. Not in front of John Starks. Not in front of Tracy Morgan. Oh. Not in front of Spike Lee. <laughs> not in front of the Knicks fans. Not in our home. Not in our house. We ain't going out like that. Ain't no quit in New York, baby. We not doing it. All right? If we gonna lose, we losing in the 305. Have some respect for us. Let's so, go Knicks. Let's go Oh, Nick, That's please win. Pete's sending the Knickerbockers on a short subway ride home. <laughs> Pete and five, baby. Yeah. Pete and five. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love City Pride. Yeah. I love City Pride. Ashley Nicole Moss, go ahead, do your thing. Keep it going. Keep it going. What's New up? New York State of Mind. I wish, I wish, I wish I had like the Nas soundtrack, New York State of Mind playing in the background right yeah. now. Listen, I I'll tried to. I try. I try to tell him. Oh, go ahead, spit. Go ahead. Listen, listen. I'm telling you, no quit in New York. They thought I was crazy. They thought I was irrational. They thought I was emotional. But there's nothing like the mecca. There's nothing like the garden. There's nothing like being in New York. Nothing like that fan base. The energy is real. Just the magic of it is real. And the New York Brits, a.k.a. the New York Knicks, there is no quit in New York. If we were going to lose, it was not going to be at home. It was not going to be at home. Now, look, will the Knicks win the series? Different conversation. But we didn't lose at home. We didn't lose at home. It's the principle of the matter. Okay. So you represent uh, Ashley Nicole Moss representing Brooklyn? Queens, wait, 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 where we where we represent first of all? What borough? My mom's from Brooklyn. My dad's from Queens. I lived in both places. I was born in Brooklyn. I lived in Queens also for a while, so I rep both. Okay. Now, I love the pride, as I said. I love the pride. I love the spirit. And you're right. There's a, of all the places, all the arenas I've ever visited, all the NBA mm-hmm. arenas I've visited, the most special. To me, is Madison Square Garden. It's just something about it. Even when the Knicks aren't good, it's just something about going in there and they get the lighting just right. They have a, they have a, mm-hmm. a, a feel. They have a propensity for getting the, the, the big moment right. It's theatrical. It's the energy mm-hmm. of the city. You love it. Okay, I got that. But it doesn't say a lot for you, Ashley, representing New York City, where you get all hyped up by saying, "We're not gonna lose in New York." We're not. We're going to lose in Miami. Hey, wait a minute. No, you really said, about hold it. On, hold on. It, hold on. Hold on, Michael. You said Quote if. Quote me correctly. I said if. Okay. I said if. If. I said if. But you, yes. hey, listen, you should be saying, hey, the Knicks are going to win this series. 
They were down 3-1. Nothing. We're a better team. I'm also we're listen, a better team I'm also, than the Miami Heat. I'm also, I'm also rational, Michael. And I understand that coming back from 3-1, only 13 teams have ever done it. And in order for the Knicks to do it, that means they have to win three in a row. Now, we have a banged up Jalen Brunson. We do have Julius Randle coming off his ankle situation. We're short on our bench a little bit. Emmanuel quickly has a walking boot on. Evan Fournier, who hasn't seen minutes, is dealing. Listen, I'm rational, but I also hold out hope. I said, if we lose, it's not going to be at home. The Knicks are not taking a gentleman's sweep. Okay. All right. They're gonna they're gonna make this a series as much as they possibly can. And game six okay, in the okay. 5 Here we go. So listen, we're gonna talk about another three-one series in a second. But I'm gonna stay here. I'm gonna stay right here. If mm-hmm. we were drafted. We're drafting mm-hmm. general man, general manager Ashley Nicole Moss, general mm-hmm. manager Michael Holly. Um, since we're gonna have ladies first Friday starting tomorrow, mm-hmm. I'm gonna let the lady draft first. I'll give you the mm-hmm. first pick in the Knicks Heat draft. Who's your first pick in the Knicks Heat draft? I'm not yeah. drafting. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm doing a I'm doing a trade with another team in the NBA. Give me Jalen Brown. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, my point is, no, my point is, out of these series, uh, between these two teams, oh, if you're drafting, okay. if you're drafting, if you're drafting players in this series, mm-hmm. your first draft pick, it might be Jimmy Butler if you believe the hype, or if you're looking for I'm, a lot of different things, you might take Jalen Brunson first. You might. I'm taking Jalen Brunson. I'm taking Jalen Brunson. He's okay. also younger. He's younger. Right. Let's be honest. He's so you younger. Take, and and. And then and then look where it's going. You take Brunson, I come back and take Jimmy Butler. Then you eat, you're probably taking Julius Randle next. Or you're taking some New York Nick next. My uh, what I'm saying to you is that you're talking about the injuries to the to the Knicks bench. The mm-hmm. Miami Heat are here on a wing of prayer and some, you know, that pixie dust. I mean, like, like, like I got Jimmy Butler. As I said before, they're starting lineup. Yes and no. Yes and no. So, yes and no. Max Struess, y'all. Max Struess, Gabe. I think. Vincent. I think. I think this is. I think Kevin this is a narrative that I do think this is a narrative the Miami Heat have dealt with for many seasons, um, many years rather. Is that listen, living in Miami, you know, you can't avoid hearing about the Heat. You know, they're on local television down here and things like that. I also. I tell this story all the time. They were, they were the first professional sports team that I ever covered when I was on Miami Sports Radio. So I know that there's a lot of talent that doesn't have the sexy names, doesn't have the sexy draft picks um, or, you know, high, high draftees. You know, there are a lot of undrafted guys, a lot of talent that is kind of in the 305 that doesn't have that spotlight on it. So when we were talking about Miami, I know what Miami can bring to the table. Now, yes, they, they were an AC playoff, play-in team, rather, excuse me. So right, a lot right. of people will say they shouldn't even be here. But if you're familiar with the Miami Heat and you're familiar with how the okay. season has kind of progressed, you know, Jimmy Butler, load management injuries sometimes, Tyler Hero, Victor Oladipo, some injuries, things like that. You know that there's a lot more talent than their seating showed. Give so me you didn't exa- think okay, give me an example. Give me one. Give me give me one guy um, who is good that I'm not giving uh-huh. credit for being really good. Like I mean, on the heat. You just give named him Max Strews, Caleb Martin. They're Max really Strews? reliable. Come on, 
they're reliable. They're reliable role players. They're reliable role players. They're not superstars. They're not okay, superstars, okay, okay. but they're reliable role players. Okay, yeah, they're reliable, reliable role players in starting roles. That's your backcourt. But that's, that's because they have no backcourt. choice. They have they, no they, choice right I, now. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I think, I think the Knicks could do it. I'm not predicting it. I have a for lot of sure. respect for the Heat. For sure, I do. I respect it. I know people are tired of hearing it. Hashtag Heat culture, it's real. I respect it. But if you were to do it against a team, if you're down three-one, I'd much rather be down three-one to the Miami Heat in their current condition, especially with Tyler Hero out. Uh, I'd, mm-hmm. I'd, be, I'd, I'd, I'd feel better about being down three-one to the Heat. And being well, respect down us, Michael. Lakers. We'll get to them in a second. Respect us. We're technically second. we're technically three-two. So now three. Come correct. We're three-two now. Can I say? But listen, and I, for me, go ahead. For me, Michael, I'll say that it's not the talent of the New York Knicks that's my biggest concern because I think that right now we're the more talented team in terms of health in terms of players when compared to the Miami Heat. Right now, I'm not looking at the the teams completely healthy and things like that. Teams right now, as are, we were the fifth seed, they were the eighth seed, we're the more talented team. For me, my biggest question mark is what version of the New York Knicks I get in game six. And that for me has been the biggest question mark. What version of Tom Thibodeau do I get in game six? It's not the talent, it's the execution of the talent that has been the biggest frustration in this particular series. In the first series against the Cleveland Cavs, you saw a very consistent New York Knicks team, which was, yes, the defensive effort of the Cavs was a little bit different, highly different, but you saw a consistent New York Knicks team that made you comfortable, that made you um, go into each game knowing what version of the team you were going to get. This series has been a lot more up and down, and that's where a lot of that uneasiness comes into play. All right, listen. Before we start talking about the Lakers and the Dubs, mm-hmm. can I just offer one bit of constructive criticism to your rant from yesterday? Just one bit of construct. Hey, listen, I love you. All right, right. This is all love. You know that. Uh, one bit of constructive what? criticism. <laughs> what you is said that? we're not gonna. No, it's not calling it the Mecca. I agree with you. It's the Mecca. We're not mm-hmm. going to lose in front of Spike Lee. I agree with that. We're not going to mm-hmm. uh, lose in front of John Starks. You said we're not going to lose in front of Patrick Ewing. <laughs> we're not. Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing ain't seen nothing but losses <laughs> the last few years anywhere, whether it's in D.C. or the Garden. That dude ain't seen nothing but losses. It, the, the, real, the real thing is a victory in front of Patrick Ewing. That's revolutionary. Hey, wait a minute. Hey, Patrick, the team that you were rooting for actually won a game. That's amazing. So that's Why's the Pat story. Why Pat got to catch trays? Why is Pat got to catch trays? What did he do to you? I, 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 what did he do? Not win. What you- <laughs> At Georgetown. At Georgetown. Come on. This is like... The team of my youth. I love that was my favorite college team. How did Patrick Ewing almost single-handedly build up Georgetown and tear it down? One man, powerful enough to build up a college program and tear it down. Wow, amazing. Anyway, let's switch gears. Let's talk about- A lot about of trauma you got to work through there, Michael. A lot of trauma you got to work through there. I, I, I know. I'm just like, come on, Patrick Ewing, <laughs> that's just bad. 
Um, but Lakers, Lakers, mm. Warriors, they were also down. The Warriors were also down 3-1. They were also going back home on the other coast, going to San Francisco. They were ready to go. Draymond Green was scoring. LeBron James was complaining post-game. Let's just get some sounds. Let's get some sounds from Warriors, Lakers. Then I want to get your take on it. The conversation in the last 48 hours has been, from the Warriors' standpoint, has been gamesmanship on your team and flopping. Do you feel like that affected anything in terms of the way the game was dealt with tonight on the court? Um, I just know that we, uh, you know, our coaching staff and us players, we don't we don't work on flopping. We don't. That's not even a part of our game. Our our game is to attack, attack the paint. Um, we don't mind physical contact. We actually like the contact. Um, and we don't shy away from it, so um, we're just not a, a, a team that um, you know goes out there looking for 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 you know for flopping opportunities. That's just not us. It's never been. It's actually never been in any team that I've played on in my 20 years where we've been a flopping team. Um, you know, but it is what it is. They have the right to say what they want to say, or you know. Uh, but the game is always won in between the four lines and. You know, we better, uh, we got to be better on Friday, uh, for sure. How have you been able to sort of channel that confidence um, and just have such a deep belief regardless of what you guys have faced? Well, I think, um, number one, we have a coach who's one of the greatest winners in NBA history, and you lean on him in situations like this. Uh, His calmness, everyone feels that. And then it starts up top, right? Steph's calmness, and, and, and it goes on down the line. And I think for us, um, you know, anytime it's kind of going astray, you just always lean back on what you know that works on your foundation. And for us, uh, it's, it's just getting back to the basics, but most importantly, competing at the highest level that we can compete at. And, um, you know, we, we trust and believe in ourselves. And as far as, um, you know, win one, we did that. Now, you know, going back home, they're going to give us the best shot they've given all series. And, you know, when you go home, role players play better. Everyone plays better at home. So it's going to be us to go in kind of with the same mindset that we went into game four with. Um, but when we get the opportunity again that we had in game four, close the deal. All right, good words there from Draymond Green. Close the deal when you get the opportunity. They didn't do that in game four. They lost. They went down 3-1. They win last night. Draymond scores 20. Their record is great, Ashley. When Draymond is scoring, uh, he looks like a completely different player. He probably should play like this more often. He really is uh, gives him a dimension, an added dimension, as Steve Kerr said. Now, let me ask you, who wins the series? Call it right now. Who wins the series? It's 3-2 Lakers. Who wins? My pick, I'm going to stick with my pick. I had the Warriors winning this series, and I think if anyone could come back from a 3-1 and one deficit, now 3-2, and two, it's the Golden State Warriors. I don't discredit dynasties. I don't discredit championship teams. I don't discredit championship players, and they have, a, they have a multiple of them on this team. Will it be a tough task? Yes. Anthony Davis is back game six. What version of Anthony Davis do you get? Is he shook by the, the, the hit to the head and that, and that results in him being less aggressive in game six? We'll have to wait and see. Does he shake that off and he's been the AD who's been scoring double digits and he's been a beast on the, in the boards? 
then we'll wait and see. But LeBron, LeBron, listen, big LeBron fan. Think what he's doing in the game, outside the game, absolutely phenomenal. But how are you going to look straight into that camera and say you've never been on a team that flops? When you were in Miami, your nickname was literally LaFlop. I have seen it with my own eyes. There are compilation videos of all the times you have flopped with zero contact. Come on now. Stop it. Stop it right now. Everybody, for the most part, at some point in their NBA career has flopped. Some guys flop more consistently than others. We have seen flopping in this very series, but LeBron, stop it. You've never been on a team that flops. It's Come on. It. Come on. Jermichael Green said out. that's cap. Cut it out. That's cap. No, it's that's a really cap. nice post. That's a good post. No, nah, but he's, you know, mm -hmm. look, it's nuance. He didn't say I've never flopped, which would be He flopped. said I've he never said, been on a team never. that has flopped. That's a lie. Well, never been on a team that really emphasizes flopping. That you know, that's their. It's not a technique that they perfect, and which is also false. I mean, like no matter, no matter, no matter how you say it, no matter how you say it, it's false. Uh, I, this is a this is a difficult series to call. Still, I don't believe the Warriors have momentum. I think they did a great job last night. I don't know if yeah. they found anything. Jordan Poole still not quite right. I think the key is is it's always like X X factors in this game. I, I I never worry about Steph on on Golden State side. Don't worry about Steph. Steph's gonna be Steph even if the shots off. All right, don't worry about Steph. Mm -hmm. I don't really worry about LeBron even if the shots off. I don't worry about it. There will be other aspects mm -hmm. of the game. There will be winning plays, but those X factors. Sometimes X factor for the Lakers is Anthony Davis. It's one night <laughs> for just one night. Uh, it was a guy named Lonnie Walker the fourth. Mm -hmm. X factor for the Warriors. It should be Jordan Poole. It's not Andrew Wiggins. If mm -hmm. Andrew Wiggins can bring this, woo, we got a game seven. If Absolutely. Andrew Wiggins brings this, I'm predicting we're going back to Chase Center for game seven. Absolutely. It really comes out of that you. because I agree with wow, you amazing. 100%. This is a game. Six of X factors, not stars. You know what LeBron's going to give you. You know what Steph's going to give you. You know what Clay's going to give you. It's Anthony Davis, question mark. It's Andrew Wiggins, question mark. It's Jordan Poole, question mark. And I will say, in terms of that conversation, it leans more to the Lakers side right now because there has been a lot of question marks with those X factors of the Golden State Warriors, particularly Jordan Poole, who once upon a time you were supposed to be able to rely on for at least 20 points per game. They are desperately missing that contribution from him. How they combat yep. that is going to make or break game six. The, mo the, the odds in terms of this conversation are in the favor of the Lakers, but I am someone who does not ever discredit a dynasty and will never discredit the trio of Draymond, Clay, and Steph. We have seen them in situations like this before, and they have come out victorious. If any team in the league can do it right now in this situation, it is the Golden State Warriors, but it is going to be an uphill battle for sure. Well, Ashley, you've got strong NBA opinions. I have strong NBA opinions. Our next guest has strong NBA and NFL opinions. We want to talk about versatility. 
Bill Belichick calls that positional versatility. The more you can do, the more they give you to do. And our next guest, he just keeps getting assignments in the NBA and NFL. So we'll talk with Kevin Harlan next. Experience the joy of running in the new Triumph 22 from Saucony, the original running brand. Stacked with luxury foam cushioning, Triumph 22 turns miles into smiles with the ultimate blend of comfort and energy return. Shop Triumph 22 at Saucony.com. That's S-A-U-C-O-N-Y.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Off screens right. It's a free Kevin Harlan, I can understand why you're so excited. I can understand it. James Harden in game one of the series. Amazing. James Harden in game four of the series. Another 40 point game. And in game five, he didn't give us 40, but uh, I think Doc Rivers called him a magician after the game, the way he ran the offense. Let's start here. Philadelphia, Boston. Are you surprised that we're in a position where the Sixers can close this thing out tonight? I kind of am. You know, great to be on with you guys. I, I think that we're seeing two Hall of Famers clearly, and Embiid and Harden, and, and watching them work together. The last game really felt was their sweet spot. Uh, B was hitting mid-range Jays. Harden looked, his body language was comfortable. He was feeding, he was driving, he was doing whatever he wanted to do. Um, he's had to win two games for him, clearly. But Embiid moved, I think, without uh, w- with as little pain as he's had to go through with that sprained mm. L- LCL. And I, I just got the sense that they kind of hit their sweet spot. Harris contributed. Maxi was terrific. Tucker does what he does, which is so ubiquitous. And he, he touches all parts of that team: their emotion, their passion, their strategy. Uh, I really just thought they played their best overall game. The score reflected it. Second win on the road. Uh, They'll be tough. They'll be very, very difficult. They could be peaking at the right time. A lot of a lot of question marks about Boston. We'll get to the other side of the ball here and wondering exactly what is going wrong with a team that was so dominant in the regular season. A lot of question marks about Joe Missoula, maybe lack of experience on inability or 
his inability rather to make the proper adjustments to go ahead and compete with the 76ers, questions about Jason Tatum and the superstar status, lack of a point guard. But I think one of the biggest questions is there has been conversations throughout the season and last season. Can the tandem of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum work? Here we are at another situation when it means the most. And that question has arose or arisen rather once again, can they work or is it time to break this tandem up? No, good questions and good thoughts. Uh, the, the bigger sample size was clearly the regular season. They won 57 games. They're the most balanced team coming out of the regular season. Second in offensive rating, third in defensive rating. Uh, and they, they worked their way through the season finding what each did well. And I, I, I think really, I, I think that's what I would look at. But everything is so magnified in the playoffs. Questions like yours, thoughts like yours, uh, come up and so um, smarter minds will have to decipher that as we go along I still don't think they've played really their best game but I think the mm. greater question here is not Joe Missoula unprepared at 34 years of age he doesn't have the veteran voice on the bench as a coach because of the way the weird way the wonky way the season began for the Celtics but I think in retrospect they probably would have gotten a veteran coach from the past to come on there and, and help stabilize things a little bit and that could be what's going to come in the future. I don't think they've got the, the P.J. Tucker voice and presence on their team. I think that's what they mm. miss. I don't think there's any leadership. Uh, I don't know that from talking to anybody. Uh, it's just the optics more than anything else. I don't think they have what Tucker had. Philadelphia didn't have what Miami had last year. They had P.J. Tucker. That role for a guy that doesn't have to have plays called for him or touch the ball to be effective is incalculable. And, and that's what I think Boston is missing now more than anything else. And I think that's why Philly is thriving. Only team to sweep a first-round series. They've won two on the road in Boston, a tough place to win in the second round. They've got Tucker, and everybody is doing their part. Until that last game, think that the, the contributors that had made Philly so special had really come to play. It had always been hardened in their two wins with big late game winning shots. Now they have kind of all gotten, I think, the, the traction each individual player needs uh, right from Harris to Maxi, And of course, the two mm. big stars found that sweet spot. That is trouble for Boston. Mm. Yeah, you, know, you bring up an interesting point about Missoula at 34. And, you know, last year, just in terms of dynamic optics, he wasn't even in the front row. You know, they have all these coaches now, Kevin. You got to have a front <laughs> row Michael. coaches in the second row. He was in the second row last year. Now he's uh, been elevated to the top position. And you work with the Hall of Famer and Reggie Miller. Has Reggie looked at any aspect of, of either coach with Doc Rivers and said, wow, it's really amazing what Doc is doing here? Or on the flip side, hey, Joe, uh, he probably should have done something uh, just to give his guys a better opportunity as anything coaching wise stood out uh, to Reggie or to you. Necessarily with Joe. I, I actually think that when he had Tatum take that last drive and then the kick and they were just a split second short with the Marcus smart hit from three that would have won the game. Uh, I th that that's the way they operate and that's the way they have operated. Mm -hmm. Uh, all season long. They've, they've, they don't want the defense to set. They want to get things in transition. They want to have that movement and that uncertainty. Uh, Tatum just got a late start on the play. 
I don't think that was a Missoula thing. I know there's been a lot of criticism. Why isn't he taking the timeouts? And that's, I, I think, you know, he, he admits to us, uh, you know, hey, I'm still working my way through this. Only the second playoff round I've ever been through as a head coach. So, so I get that. It's less him. I think it's more among the players. It's a player's league. They want control. He gave them control. And, and for whatever reason, the voice, the leadership, whatever it is that Philly is getting is not what Boston's getting. But look, at Boston was one of the best teams in the NBA in the regular season. They're not going to go flittering away. Horford has not been Horford except for one game in game three when he went five or seven from distance. Uh, I think their best basketball is to come. I think they're going to have a, a real tough battle tonight against Philly, but it would not surprise me at all if the Seas win that game. Um, but I think Doc, and just to finish off on that point about coaching, I think Doc is coaching one of the best series he has ever coached. He's a Hall of Famer as a coach. He, he, he's right up there amongst the highest-ranking wins of all-time playoff coaching wins we've ever seen. Like, he's checking all the boxes. I think he has manipulated without Embiid early on. I think – and, and getting in Harden's head and making Tucker in the role he's in and, 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 and you know, kind of fluffing up these other guys that have got to get their fingerprints on the game – I think he's done as good a coaching job in this series and maybe going back to the Brooklyn series uh, that we've seen from him. And he is, like I said, a Hall of Fame coach. He's having a great, great postseason. I, I agree with you. I think I wouldn't be surprised if the Celtics pull this out. But before we move on to Nugget Suns, I want to ask you, James Harden, you mentioned him when talking about Doc Rivers being able to get into his head. One of the critiques of James Harden has been he, sh he does not show up when you need him to show up the most. It seems that he's on the verge of breaking that narrative. He's been extremely impactful in this series particularly what do you think the biggest difference maker is in that situation? How have we now seen him become that consistent, maybe not vintage 50-point James Harden all the time, but a consistent James Harden who contributes to winning? Yeah, great thought. He, I, he is in transition. He's a 33-year-old superstar who's won three scoring titles, two assist titles, and has always been the man. Now he's playing with the man. And he's coached by a former point guard, and I think that's huge. I think Doc is rubbed really well. He's worn really well on James. And so Harden is still trying to get his footing on this role. Some nights they need him to be the assist guy. Some nights they need him to be the driver. Some night the three-point specialist. And I think it's finding that, that comfort level that he's going through. But listen, he is a Hall of Famer. He's won two games for him. He's got two 40-plus point games in this series against a pretty good Boston defense, I think he's answering all the all the things he needs to. Now, they may play him different tonight, and, and he had to play differently without Embiid. He's had to play differently with Embiid. Um, uh, he, he, I, to me, uh, he has, and we did a couple of those games in that Brooklyn series in the first round. He's been exquisite. Like, he has done exactly what he needs. Now, listen, he's not what he once was, but every once in a while, as the country song goes, he can be what he once was. And, and we've seen it. So it's, it's, it's kind of what they need him to be. And I think that's, that's the kind of give and take that he's going through right now. I think he's been terrific in these playoffs. And, and as good, I know we're talking about some of these other guys. And, and, and Devin's been great. And Embiid's been phenomenal. And right on, you know, when, when AD is on, he's been great. Durant, I mean, Booker, like, like amazing 
individual performances. Do not sleep on Harden because what I've seen at 33 and what he's done and what he's trying to do in about a year with that team has been terrific. You know, Kevin, there are so many, there are so many reasons I love this show. One of them is Ashley came on quoting a hip hop song. You come on quoting a country song. We do hip hop. We do country. And who's, who's a country artist? Who's an artist? I want to shout him out. You know who? Uh, who? Uh, came I, I, I don't know. I, th- I think it goes. I'm not what I once was, but but I can be what I what I used to be, or something like that. And I've got right. three daughters, <laughs> and they love country music, so that's where I've heard it before. Um, I, but but that song, it. that song, kind of fits hard, and I think to a T. Hey, you know what? A, a country lyric or a blues lyric kind of fits what's <laughs> happening to the Phoenix Suns right now. Ashley yeah, mentioned them. Yeah. Okay, Chris Paul again. Begin early in the series goes out with an injury. Now we we hear that DeAndre Ayton is not going to be available for Game Six. They could be eliminated. What do you expect from Suns Nuggets with no Paul and no Ayton? I love Denver. I've loved Denver from the beginning. They're under the radar, even with the two-time MVP, uh, a star in Jamal. Um, you know, I, I, they've kind of checked every box for what they need. And that's the adroit moves that that Denver front office has made. Phoenix decided to kind of be the outlier here a little bit. Big names, but the underbelly is not there that makes a great team a great team. Like they traded these guys that were so important. Bridges, um, you know, Cam Johnson. These are guys that meant something to that team. And, and now you've got no Paul and, and Aiden, you know, for tonight. I mean, I just, I just think that we're kind of running into an issue here of, of the teams that have shown the best wherewithal have got the Lonnie Walkers. They got the Tyrese Maxis. They've got these other guys who, when the big guys aren't storing, they come in and they kind of fill in the gaps. And, and they don't need to have the ball. They don't need to be an every game player and every touch player. But every once in a while, they're going to give you that performance that you need to win. And we saw it from Walker the other night. Um, there are a lot of guys on Golden State, and clearly last night these role players played better at home. Um, the role players played well for Philly on the road the other night. Um, that's what it's, it, it, it's going to take Phoenix getting the role players to really kind of fill in what these what these stars are doing. You can concentrate on two guys if you have nothing else shooting, you're in trouble. And and that's kind of what Phoenix said. We're, we're we're all in with this group. We're top heavy. Uh, but as we know, right. you've got to have ballast, and the ballast is not there with the Suns. Well, I mean, we talk about being top-heavy, and we can't ignore Devin Booker having one hell of a series. Absolutely phenomenal. Safe to say, depending on who you ask, maybe the best player in the postseason right now. But on the other side of that, Kevin Durant, especially in Game 5, he doesn't look like the KD we saw when he faced Milwaukee in that Brooklyn series by himself and he missed the mark by a big toe. He seems a little bit more lethargic, a little bit less sure of himself. His shots aren't falling the same way. His selection's a little bit off. What do you think is the biggest issue for him in this particular series? And why is he having such a difficulty getting started so soon in the game? And it, it takes him a while to get revved up. You know, there's a reason why the regular season has got meaning. You build your calluses. You build your endurance. You build your familiarity with your teammates. You've gone through the ups and downs. You've navigated the troughs and the peaks. You've gone through all that stuff. He was out a long time with Brooklyn. He got injured immediately in Phoenix. He came in late in the regular year. 
But I'm wondering if he's just taking a dip just because he had the big thrust, the adrenaline was going, and now he's got, trying to collect himself a little bit. And I would never minimize what is doing defensively. We should never minimize. You know, we can always blame it on a player, and it's this and that. I just kind of did. But I would also say never minimize what a team like Denver's doing defensively, how hard they're making it for him to get to the places where he likes to shoot it, how hard they're making it him, uh, on him and getting the ball you know, where he likes to catch it and come up, rise and fire. And those are the things that I think sometimes, and I'm guilty as anybody, that we don't pay as much attention to because it's always a lot of things. It's never one thing. It's always a lot of things. And I think for Durant, I think it's the long absence. It's the new team. It's not building the calluses. It's maybe trying to get your second wind. Like, it's all this stuff plus what Denver is doing defensively. And, and I think that, you know, like n- the New York-Miami series, I think those guys in Miami got healthy middle of the season, kind of like uh, Maxi and Harden did with Philadelphia. And and since the mid since late December, I hate to go back to that series, but Philadelphia has been the best offensive team in pro basketball when they got Maxi and when they got Harden healthy, and they have shown it. And now they're showing it again in the second series. And and I I think maybe Durant is suffering from a little bit of that. Uh, Miami was injured the first half of the season. They have slowly gotten healthy in the second half and had a chance to kind of build all those different th- those components I was just talking about. They've had a chance to kind of build up on that stuff. And so you're seeing the performance you're seeing from them now. Knocking off Milwaukee, giving the Knicks all they can <laughs> handle after New York had the terrific Cleveland series. So so I think, uh, you know, when uh, we all and I'm right there, 82 games is too much. But 76 might be right. 72 might be better. Huh. The regular season has a purpose, and we're seeing it now. Here's my last thing for you uh, before we let you go. I'm just wondering if NFL announcers get a little sneak peek about what games they'll be <laughs> announcing before the schedule comes out. And listen, I'm not trying to put you in a tough position, but uh, what, you know, what games are you going to be doing this year that you're excited about? Just for example, I don't know. Oh, anybody Michael, ever tell you? Oh, yeah, I love this man. I love reading this man, <laughs> and I love being on with this man. Um, no, I we I know my Monday night schedule uh, because we saw the uh, the Thursday game is going to be Detroit, Kansas City, and at Arrowhead, and then my first Monday game will probably be Aaron Rodgers and the Jets against the Bills. So when the Monday schedule goes out, I'll know where I'm going to be all those Mondays. It's Sunday that we don't know. And what has made it interesting this year is that for the first time, it's not necessarily CBS is the AFC network and Fox is the NFC Mm. network. Now they're basically putting all the games on Sunday in a hat. All the games that are on Monday, they're not on Thursday, they're not on Sunday night. They're putting them in a hat. Love it. They're going to shake them up and then they're going to just throw them out there. And that's how they're going to get the games. We'll do as many NFC games at CBS as Fox announcers will do AFC games. So that's going to be a big difference this year. And so you're really going to have to pay attention where your team is playing on a Sunday afternoon. And they may want to decorate Mondays and they want to maybe decorate Thursdays and Sunday nights and Fridays on Black Friday. The bread and butter, the NFL, will always be Sunday afternoon. That's where people mm. learn to love the NFL. That is not going to change. There will be quality on that 4 o'clock window, 4.30 window on a Sunday early window on a Sunday uh, afternoon, you're always going to have great games to watch. But Sunday will always be the bread and butter of the NFL. Yep.
can't either. So you're getting us hyped up, man. Hey, Kevin, you're getting us hyped up. We, we hyped about basketball tonight, but now you're getting us hyped up about football, and it's only May. <laughs> I feel like, oh, like, oh, like, I can't wait for that Monday night game. It's in September. You're talking about Arrowhead and the, the Lions and it. Chiefs. It's in, it's in September. But always good to visit with you, thinking, Kevin. But, but, but tonight we'll be watching both, right? We'll be watching the big reveal right. on, on our respective networks, and we'll be watching NBA playoff basketball. So it's a great time of year. Great to be on with you all. Thank you so much. Always fun. Yeah, come back anytime. I'm getting my country songs ready. I'm going to bone oh up on my country God. music. <laughs> Experience the joy of running in the new Triumph 22 from Saucony, the original running brand. Stacked with luxury foam cushioning, Triumph 22 turns miles into smiles with the ultimate blend of comfort and energy return. Shop Triumph 22 at Saucony.com. That's S-A-U-C-O-N-Y.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. The game is great, but we are really changing the American yeah. calendar here. Normally, Absolutely. day after Thanksgiving, leftovers and hangovers, it's this lethargic day. Mm-hmm. How's this going to change the Friday after Thanksgiving? This Because if we nail this, we're doing it every year now. Oh, and that's what Come I on. love about it. I'm like, are we starting a new holiday yes. tradition? Yeah. <laughs> right. like, is this going to be our day? And so that's really, really special because, like I said, it combines all the things that you want during the holiday season. Like mm-hmm. I said, you can stay home with your family. You can do the shopping that you want. Mm-hmm. And most importantly, something I think is cool, it's a bit of a gift to everybody mm-hmm. because you can watch the game even if you aren't a subscriber. Mm. So it is available oh. to everybody oh. on Black Friday. Wow. So all the things that you could that's want wrapped ever. up in one. Mm-hmm. This is what the NFL has produced, Ashley Nicole Moss. We already had mm-hmm. Thanksgiving football. Now, back in the day, this is funny. They just keep they keep giving you more until you say that's enough. The problem is, <laughs> I guess it's a prop, good problem to have. Nobody says that's enough. So back in the day, it was your Cowboys playing in the late window on Thanksgiving, early window Lions. Now we add a late night Thanksgiving game. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Now we add a Black Friday game. That's mm-hmm. cool. It's just going to keep coming. It's just going to keep going. Uh, do you think, well, are you at a point? Let me ask you, forget about speaking for people. Because I, I, it's not enough for me. I, I bring it on. You want Saturday football, <laughs> Tuesday football, I'm good with it. How about you? Yeah. Do you look at it and say, oh, wait a minute. Let's tone it down here. It's a little too much. No, I think that if you strategically place them in spaces that make sense, 
bring it on. Like, for example, I think this makes sense. Thanksgiving, you have the three-game slate. And I don't know about you, Michael, but I have the Thanksgiving hangover. I don't go anywhere on Friday. I'm still trying to digest all the mm. turkey and wine that I drink. So and so I think it makes sense. Nobody is Speak really moving it. and shaking. It's not like they're trying to do this the Saturday of Thanksgiving weekend or, you know, the next week. It makes perfect sense. Three-game slate. You're not going to have to really worry about NBA. Then you bring on this Black Friday game. You eat your leftovers. You do some online shopping, maybe. Or if you're crazy enough to actually go into the stores at 4 a.m., that's on you. But by the time that's all said and done, you can enjoy thing. You can enjoy football on Black Friday. I think this makes perfect sense. It does. Now I, I want you to uh, I want you to do me a favor, okay? Because I know <laughs> your team. And put that, you know, you know, Gary, put that schedule back up there because I want to make a point. There's a game on the schedule. Mm-hmm. I think it's already highlighted. It's already highlighted for me. It is. I know you love the Cowboys, and you know I don't love the Cowboys. I don't love. Them. I'm not a Cowboys hater, but that's you know, fine. Mm-hmm. Cowboys are great. They're good for business. I want you to inspire. Please inspire the Cowboys right there. Week five. Cowboys at Niners. I need the Cowboys to win that game. I need the Cowboys to win that game convincingly because Ashley, I have never seen a team that hadn't won a thing be so full of it. So arrogant. Like the Niners. Who's arrogant? The the Niners. (laughs) The Niners. Debo Samuel talking about, oh, it was 10 on 11. Clearly, we're clearly better than Philly. We're clearly better if our quarterback doesn't get hurt. Well, wait a minute. It's football, bruh. It's football. Your quarterback might get hurt. Your left tackle might get hurt. It might affect the game. It might happen in the first quarter. There's no rule that says, Mm -hmm. hey, only injuries can happen when the game is in hand in the last five minutes or four minutes. So I need you to humble you and the Cowboys, please humble the Niners. I used to like Listen, the Niners. Listen, Michael. No. I would love to help you out. I hope we help you out. But my goal is bigger than the 49ers. I'm trying to win week to oh. week. I'm trying to win right. the playoffs. Okay. I'm trying to go deep okay. in the playoffs. If we can go ahead and hand you a week five win to go ahead and, and handle that. your beef with the 49ers, I got you. Okay. I hope we can help you out. But I just want the Dallas Cowboys team that I see during the regular season, the team that fights back against all adversity, who wins games that people count them out for, I want to see that when it counts the most. And that is in the playoffs. I'm tired of being a regular season team. I need to be a playoff team. I need to be a team that when you see you have the Dallas Cowboys on the schedule or your matchup for the playoffs, you're like, oh crap, we might lose. I want to in- I want to invoke fear in our opponents. That is my goal for this yeah. season. That is my goal for Dak Prescott. Let's go, Cowboys. Well, I like that. I like that. Uh, it's going to be difficult for the Cowboys to win without your number one center, Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> Listen, Tony, I will say this. I will say this. The running back situation in Dallas uh, is... Um, oh, my God. It's sad. I, I it's had, sad. I was it's sad. On that one. I was sitting was sitting on that. That was that was such a pathetic play. That was you're not gonna you're play. not gonna throw shade at Zeke and my Dallas Cowboys. You're not gonna do it. I'm I'm Come interested on, like, why though. The hell? 
Why do I have my man I mean, lined up like that? Why do I do that? Why do I do that? I am interested in all seriousness, though, Michael. I am interested ahead, to see ahead, how this ahead. running back situation is going to work. You know, Tony Pollard is not an Ezekiel Elliott in terms of statute. He's not, you know, in terms of his physique, in terms of the way that he plays the game. I am interested to see what it looks like for him, you know, going from running back number two to running back number one. I would like, in a perfect world, to bring Zeke back in some capacity. I would like to have him back. I still think that he still has things to give to this football team. Well, that's a take. That's a take. I will die so on that like hill, have, Michael. You like to have Zeke come back. Wow. As okay. running back number two, uh, absolutely. I still think he can hit those holes. Yeah, I mean, look, they'll, they'll be fine. I'm not, I'm not really worried about the running back position with or without Zeke, and, and that's no disrespect to him. He's Ohio State. He's family, so he's a Buckeye. But <laughs> I think Ohio at that, State. at that, at the thank you very much. I, but I think <laughs> at that position, they'll be okay. The bigger question is, is Mike McCarthy about it? Is he about it? They moved on from Kellen Moore. Is Mike McCarthy ready to be that OC who's imaginative? Can he be an, imag- I, an imaginative OC who gets the most out of the offense? Michael, I, it I, is I, May. I, I Why don't. are you trying to stress me out already? Okay, I don't want it's to stretch May. you out. I'll you out. Let's get let's get somebody else's stress in here. Let's get some other teams' stress in. Like two two um, two teams I'm really looking at teams that have. Uh, well, one team has never been to the Super Bowl. One team went to the Super Bowl last in 1969. So the Jets mm. and the Lions. The Lions, the official team of brother from another, goes to Arrowhead as Kevin Harlan said, and they won eight of their last ten. They look like Mm -hmm. a playoff team that didn't make the playoffs. I'm buying in on the Detroit Lions. How about you? I'm not not, not talking about Super Bowl, but I think they're a playoff team. I think they will make the playoffs. How about you? Absolutely. I agree. I think that they looked really good in the second half of the season. There was a lot of promise there. Um, I think that they've made the adjustments necessary to kind of start off this season where they left off last season. The Lions are turning a leap. It's no longer you see the Lions on, your, on the schedule and you're like, yep, we got one. That's a win in the column for us. I think that the Lions are now a team that you see them on the schedule and you know, all right, we're going to have to do some homework on these guys. We're going to have to bring it. These are not the pushover Lions of the past. And I'm excited. The city of Detroit deserves that. The city of Detroit deserves a good football team. It's been a while. Yes. Love Detroit. What's up, Detroit? What up, though? <laughs> all right. So look, and let's talk about the Jets. Uh, the Jets mm. got Aaron Rodgers, and they're going to have Aaron Rodgers taking on Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills Monday Night Football. Now I'm not sure how I feel about the Jets. Obviously, they upgraded a quarterback. Wow! It makes so much. It makes so much sense. It's just one of those things. And, and maybe this is a personal problem. I, I need to. I need to uh, work through this issue. It's an issue that I have. That when things look too easy, I start <laughs> to second guess it. I start to second guess it. And, and sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it's just what it is. And I just got to trust it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not what it appears to be. So what do you think? It looks like Aaron Rodgers, add Aaron Rodgers to a team that had major quarterback problems, that had a mm-hmm. great defense last year, you mm-hmm. add Aaron Rodgers to that mix, you should be in the playoffs. But do you think the Jets will make it? 
I do think they make it. I think that Aaron Rodgers is the piece that they've been missing. Listen, the Jets are well coached. Like you said, great defense. They have a lot of offensive weapons. I think the quarterback is what they were missing. And listen, a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers doesn't fall into your lap every every other day, every other year, every other season. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for the Jets. Now, I will say, sometimes things can be too good to be true. But if that ends up being the case for the New York Jets, a.k.a. the New Jersey Jets, that is problematic because you there's a there's a there's a lot riding on this to work. I'm not saying this year particularly is Super Bowl or bust, but let's be honest. Aaron Rodgers, almost 40. How long is he going to keep doing this? You got to make now, it I remember you said, but, sooner rather than later. I remember you said before that you just said that little shot in New Jersey Nets. I remember you said mm-hmm. New Jersey Jets. You said you've never been to Connecticut. You mm-hmm. have been to Jersey, right? You have been to I Jersey? I have not. Or no? I've been to Jersey never... twice in my life. Twice in my life. Oh. Twice. OMG. Yeah. Yeah, like, what reason? Right there. I don't go to outlet malls. It's right there. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Ashley, you're wrong. You're just wrong. Oh. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that the U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut. If you think you can, visit airforce.com to learn more. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, Ashley, sometimes being on TV launches you to a better job. Being on TV is a great job. But then there are better jobs, apparently, for some. By being on TV, you appear to be a little smarter than you are, or sometimes you appear to be a little dimmer than you actually are on TV. It depends on the day and the moment. But in this case, (laughs) J.J. Reddick getting an interview uh, for the Toronto job. How do you feel about this for a guy who's not coached today in in the NBA? Listen, he's, he was a phenomenal player, phenomenal college player. Do I think he's taking the job? No, this is the same man who used to commute from Brooklyn to Philly when he played for the 76ers. You think he's going to Toronto? I don't think so. <laughs> All right, and listen, I, I, I think he might, uh, head coaching money. So it's interesting. I, I, I do think if he's going to be interviewed for the job, I think it's smart to interview other assistants who have been on the grind uh, longer than J.J. Redick. That's my only issue with it. We'll see what it uh, if it turns out for him. Other coaches have gone from the broadcast booth to the job and done quite well. Doc Rivers, Steve Kerr, others. Let's talk about Tom Brady returning to New England. Ashley, Brady's back. Have you heard the news? Brady is back in New England. Aren't you excited? Oh, wait a minute. Oh, he's, he's not the quarterback. He's just being honored. Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? It's like... 
It's nice. It's expected. It's Brady. He's responsible for a lot of their success. And I know what came first, the chicken or the egg, Belichick or Brady, who needs who more? The case of the matter is he was QB1 and he deserves this. Shout out to Brady. I'm happy we don't have to see him play football again because I'm tired of losing to him. Oh, yeah. And listen, and and we can say (laughs) his last game, his last game, Tom Brady's last loss was to the Dallas Cowboys who chased him around and it was it was unfair. They made respect him look us, like Michael respect us. That's right. I respect <laughs> They made him look like an old man. Now let me tell you now Ashley. I know you know you know fashion more than anybody. Mm-hmm. I know I mean you are on top mm-hmm. of the fashion game. I'm just wondering. I want you to look at something. And tell me what you think of it. If this actually works. Um, how, how we feel. How we feel about this look? All right, like, who you gonna roll with? Who you gonna roll with, Arthur, or the woman next to Arthur? Arthur definitely can't see me. I definitely took his swag and I made it swaggier. But those glasses are horrible. Those are Brandon Marshalls. They're not mine. I don't own them, but they're horrendous. <laughs> so, oh, oh come on, now. listen. Anything. It's like fashion. If you sell it, yeah. if you sell it, if you believe it, it can work. Come on. Those it's a nice look. Not those, Michael. Not those. Anything but those. All right. <laughs> Ashley. Ashley, good to see you. Who you got tonight? Philly, Philly or Boston? I got Boston. I got Nuggets. All right. Me too. See you later. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.